What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chris and the guys at Greenview Construction LLC are a firm offering professional services in design and of course construction. And they are proud to announce that they've completed design and 3D renderings for two spec home models located in the Jupiter and Palm Beach Gardens area, sitting on over one acre lots. Now, they've got four lots available for these model homes. The first is a British West Indies model style, totaling just over four and a half thousand square foot, air-conditioned space, five bedrooms, five bathrooms, and they boast 16-foot ceilings in some areas. The second, more traditional style home, 3,100 square foot, air-conditioned space, four bedrooms and four baths. They boast 14-foot ceilings in some areas. Both models will have a free-flowing layouts that connect the kitchen, the family room, living room, library, I mean library, a den, an outdoor lanai, and both models will have an option to add a detached in-law suite if you really want the in-laws to move in, and a garage totaling an additional 1,000 square foot. You can visit Chris and the team online at www.greenviewconstruction.com. You can email Chris Tyson, that's C Tyson, as in Mike Tyson, C Tyson, at greenviewconstruction.com, or you can call 561-727-5013. They're also on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter. Just look for Greenview Construction. And if that wasn't enough, they have an appointment-only showroom at 715 Commerce Way West, Suite 14 in Jupiter, Florida. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage? Looking for a reputable, fully licensed, insured, and certified contractor? Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. When a disaster strikes in your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. With over 62 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and Eric, and their team is prepared to handle any size disaster. The guys are born and raised in South Florida, so changing the narrative on the way contractors conduct business in South Florida is extremely important to them. Their objective is to make cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed building contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There's no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle it all for you. Call or text them anytime at 561-408-7835 for immediate assistance. 
The number again, 561-408-7835. Water cleanup of Florida. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of 3 Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is not here. He's currently, he sent me a picture, he's drinking wine, and he says he'll be back on August 17th. I'm on holiday, he says. Is that wine? Let me let me, let's look that, at this picture. Do you, you have the same be, picture? That would be a white wine. That would be. He's drinking a. The man is drinking, drinking white wine in Colombia. Yeah, he's drinking a, a Pinot Pinot Grigio or something. In Colombia. In in Colombia. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend yeah. that in Colombia. You know what I mean? Why not? What's wrong? What's wrong with South American wines? Because their beers are so good. Well, you know, there we're 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 rumored to have. I don't want to alarm our. Um, our listeners too much but uh you know i'm hearing more and more about a, a co2 shortage which could affect the beer industry oh jesus fucking christ that's just <laughs> all we need <laughs> okay all right i'm ready for the civil war <laughs> that's it that's it <laughs> i'm done that's enough <laughs> you know what I mean? i've had enough I, you know that's enough you know i'll pay 15 dollars a gallon for gas but you know you take away my beer we're gonna have problems sir yeah yeah Mm. (laughs) you know what i mean of course we are brought to you by manscape 5rsn 20 percent off your entire order use that code 5rsn and of course better edge that's b-e-t-t-o-r edge.com slash five the number five reasons and you get twenty dollars as a sign up bonus all right chris yeah, you, you rattled me with the CO2 shortage. Like, that's a problem. <laughs> even more so. Even more. You're more, you know, and, and I'm reading a headline that's literally saying craft breweries around the United States. All right. Well, I don't mean to scare you more than um, than anything else that might have happened in the last couple of days uh, or uh, upset you uh, more than anything that might have happened in the last couple of days. But yeah, I'm reading an article that's headlining, uh, saying that, uh, craft breweries around the United States are looking at shutting down because of the carbon dioxide shortage. So, you know, you know, once, once you read that, you know, it, it makes the whole thing. It puts everything uh, into perspective, right? Puts everything in in perspective about, you know, tampering and (laughs) and draft picks and and such, which yeah. we should talk about. <laughs> well, trust me, listener. We uh, we will get into camp. Okay, uh, we'll go. We'll do a little back and forth on a few players here. Uh, I guess the way we'll do it is we'll have Chris interview me. <laughs> okay, he'll ask me questions about players, and I'll mm-hmm. give answers as as good as I can. Spoke to Matt Applebaum today, and that was interesting. But first, we gotta you know we gotta talk about this. Uh, we we weren't very good at tampering. Chris, because we got caught. 
And not only did we get caught, but they hammered us. They hit us with, we lost the first round pick. We lost the third round pick. It is so utterly stupid <laughs> that it can only be the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, like, like we that, can't do this, right? Like, like we, uh, somebody had, look, not to pile on. It's easy to pile on Stephen Ross, okay? Well, it's, it's, he, it's made it, he made it. He made it easy. Okay. I want to pile on Bruce Beal a little bit more. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the, he, he's not even in charge yet, and he's getting, and he's getting suspended for a year. Okay, and find half a million dollars. Which, to be fair, uh, you find you find Bruce Beal for half a million dollars. It's like finding us fifty. You know what I mean? That's like uh, yeah, pocket change. Yeah, but the you know uh, it's not really you know yeah it's pocket change, but you know that goes into your mark. You know you know that that's you know that goes into your record like. Mm-hmm. Roger Goodell and the owners, they know already uh, you did some funny business, you know, mm-hmm. on Tom Brady and and Sean Payton. Uh, Tom Brady, more specifically in 2019, then 2020, and then 2021. So th- <laughs> if, if it's not that bad, you know, uh, if that wasn't bad enough, they decided, you know what, uh, let's do something Sean Payton as well. Yeah, let's let's just compound it. Let's let's get in there. Let's and really look, get I in have there. when I heard it right away. And look, I was I was uh in the stands and we were watching practice and the, the news broke to us up there. Okay. Like uh nobody had that, you know, the scoop. Like that came sure, to yeah. us and everybody had it at the same exact time. We started commenting on it. First mm-hmm. five minutes, I was like, get the fuck out of here. They're they're, they're taking away a first and a third for this. This is absolute nonsense. I gave it a little bit more thought. 2016, we talked about this on OnlyFans. Kansas City Chiefs, three days before free agency. Mm-hmm. They tamper with Jeremy Macklin. Three days. That's it. Just three days. Andy Reid got fined. Their GM, Dorsey, got fined. They took away a third and a six. Mm. If you believe in precedent, we kind of got off either right or kind of a little light. No. Well, like, I mean, it's, it's you weird gotta accept because, it and move on, right? Like, hey, well, you know, I, th- I think a lot it. of people, a lot of people are kind of um, uh, operating under the, you know, everybody does it. Why this is unfair that the Dolphins are getting this kind not of not everybody um, gets caught. <laughs> well, not everybody. You're right. Not everybody gets caught. And the, and and I said, I, this reminds me, this reminds me so much of that scene in Office Space where uh, <laughs> Peter and Samir and Michael Bolton are, are sitting around a kitchen table trying to figure out how to launder money. And they're looking out, they're looking up money laundering in the dictionary in the Merriam Webster dictionary. Yeah. And then like, you know, a guy, a guy comes by selling magazines and he claims that he's like, he claims that he's like reformed, uh, a reformed, you know, drug dealer and uh and he's selling these magazines and so they like immediately pull them in and they're like you know cr- trying to quiz them on how do you launder money like this is so stupid the way that the dolphins did this and it's just you know yes because the bottom line is every I- i'm sure everybody in the league to some extent does does this with tampering um in in some way in some shape or form but they don't get caught and they know how to do it. And every it seems like every team knows how to do it except for the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins are just like, well, if everybody does it, then the rule doesn't exist. And we we can just be absolutely brazen about it and, and just, you know, go ahead and 
full bore and, and not care who knows what and not care what kind of paper trail there is or whatever. And it, it's so stupid. And here's why this, the, the penalty is severe for Miami. The penalty is severe for Miami because, you know, you, you talked about the Kansas City Chief tampering with Jeremy Macklin like three days before free agency. Mm-hmm. There were direct conversations happening with Tom Brady going back to like August of 2019, before the 2019 season even began. Mind you, he was a New England Patriot at that time, all right? And he was he was getting ready for the 2019 season as a New England Patriot. And, uh-huh. uh, and, and you know, he had an upcoming, upcoming offseason in 2020 that he was going to have where he was going to make a decision. Do I stay with the Patriots or do I go? This deserves its own and, movie, to be honest with you. Right, honestly. And, and, so, and so before, but before that, that season even started, evidently the Miami Dolphins, you know, through Bruce Beal were, um, were texting with him and possibly Steven Ross. I don't know. I don't know the details. Texting back and forth with him. Not just not his agent with him, <laughs> with him uh, before the season even started, and and you know talking about talking about getting him in, in Miami when the season is done, and continued to text him all through the friggin' season. I mean, can you imagine Bill Belichick how much he, he would have to flip his lid if he finds this out? Because like <laughs> he won't talk to this day. He won't talk to Eric Mangini at all. Because when Eric Mangini got was on his staff and he got hired by the New York Jets to be um, to be the head coach in the New York Jets, uh, and and the New England Patriots were preparing for a Super Bowl, uh, Eric Mangini talked to a few of the assistant staff about you know hey do you want to join me in New York like he like that was in that was postseason they're getting ready for the Super Bowl and stuff like that but but this is a common problem that every every assistant coach that gets hired for a head coach job has like they know they're a head coach and they they have to start building their staff and and you know but to this day Bill Belichick won't even talk to him because like a few weeks before he was to take the the New York Jets job he, he you know he's talking to some assistants you know hey about joining him there well can you imagine how pissed off he and well and other people have to be that the Dolphins were talking to Tom Brady a full year before he might <laughs> hit free agency, you know, and 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 it's so it's so friggin' stupid because it's like, how do you have direct? How do you have direct paper trail? How do you have direct paper trail with this guy? You go through and be smart about it. You go through and here's what you do. Don Yee is his agent, right? Don yep. Yee is, and and they got in trouble for communications with Don Yee as well. Here's oh, here's what you don't do: direct text messages back and forth with Tom Brady. Which, for because you know people are like, I'm going all over the place, and I'm sorry, but I'm ranting. The the <laughs> the Brian Flores thing. People are going off on Brian Flores. He's a snitch. He ratted us out. The only reason they investigate is because of Brian Flores. You know, and 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 him with uh with his uh his lawsuit and stuff like that. Well, you know what? Guess what? anything can spur the investigation about tampering. Okay. If the new England Patriots are like, we think there was tampering, they could, they could submit a, they could submit a claim to the league. They could submit a, um, a complaint to the league and the league might start the same sort of independent investigation that revealed all of this. And you know what? The, the, the Sean Payton thing was completely incidental. 
right? Like, I, I don't think anybody submitted a complaint about Sean Payton. I don't think anybody, um, I, I don't think, uh, you know, there's nothing about Sean Payton, I don't think, and Brian Flores's lawsuit. So when they're going through all these communications and going through their independent investigation, they just found the Sean Payton thing in, in, in addition to it. So here's what you don't do. You don't leave a paper trail of direct text messages back and forth with the player. You don't leave a paper trail of direct text messages back and forth with the agent. Here's what you do do i'm going to talk to 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 don Yee about you know i'll I'll just going to make up a player uh grover (laughs) grover stewart or whatever um you know who happens to be uh you know a a player that brady tom whatever brady tom i don't (laughs) make some name up brady jensen um or something like that we're going to talk to him about this player who is available who is legal to be talking code Uh, use another michigan quarterback and then on the phone when you're on the phone with the guy maybe then you start asking you know hey what's you know what's what's the deal with tom you know what's and i would use a pay for it I uh, yeah, uh, but you don't even but you don't or even burner. have to be that you don't even have to be that tinfoil hat about it you just you you put it in you put it in your appointment in your appointments speaking to don Yee about grover jensen you know and 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 then you have a phone conversation with him uh, about something else okay and and or maybe hey we're going to a steak dinner tonight and we're going to have a few drink and we're going to have a few glasses of wine and then we're going to be like Hey, so about Sean yeah, and then, and then you tell you, you tell Stephen Ross, you go wink, wink. Uh, you know who's going to be at this dinner, right? Uh, Drew yeah, Henson. well, uh, Drew but, Henson uh, will be at this dinner. Well, I, I'm I'm just you know I'm just you don't even and and frankly you don't even and you don't even want to directly involve uh, Steve Steve Ross in this anyway. But um, I'm just saying you do you be smart about it. You use intermediaries. You don't put things on paper trails so that you know if if somebody complains. You, an investigation ensues and then you have to turn over communications you have to do that you know and and so you, I mean, they're just so it's so mind-bogglingly stupid how they got caught with this and how they were so brazen about it uh tampering with tom brady like consistently over the course of like three years or something some some garbage like that and then and then with the sean payton thing you know they talked to sean and the nfl made this made a point of this they made a point to say this. They talked to Sean Payton before he retired from the Saints. Okay. And that is important because you know who else suddenly retired this year? Tom, everybody was retiring. <laughs> Tom Brady suddenly retired this year. So, and, and you know, you know what stood in the way of, you know, who stood in the way of, of this, you know, this idea, this this idea born out of boredom, I guess, of, uh, of, of pulling in both Sean Payton and Tom Brady in the same offseason. You know who stood in the way of that? The New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because mm-hmm. you were never going to be able to get Sean Payton unless the New Orleans Saints said, yes, we will give you Sean Payton. for. And Ian Rappaport price. says that we could have unloaded a briefcase of draft picks on, on the Bucks' desk and they would have said no. Exactly. The Bucks were 1000% against it. Bruce Arians was 1000% against it. They had, they had publicly indicated that and privately indicated that to many people, they were a thousand percent against it. And you know what you can't do, you know, and and it came out later. They're talking about like uh, it with the whole ownership thing, like Tom Brady's going to be a partial owner and then, and then come back and be a um, player in order to do that. He would have had to get approval from all 32 NFL owners. (laughs) 
which was never going to happen. And so like, and, and so like, you're not going to get Tom Brady away from the Buccaneers because he's under contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So what you're saying and just to, just to tie this all up is that this was the oceans 11 caper, but they got caught inside the vault. I mean, this is, this is, this is so much worse than the Ocean's 11. This is the Ocean's 11 caper. If it was, if it was being executed by the same guys who were in the hangover, you know, like this, this is, it was, it was absolutely repugnantly stupid. They got to make a movie and, out of this. I, I, you could, you could because or an after like, school special. And so, so they're sitting here and they're trying to, they're trying to cook up these, uh, these schemes with, uh, Sean Payton and, and Tom Brady and the saints are standing in the way. Cause they're not giving up Sean Payton and the bucks are in the way. Cause they're not giving up Tom Brady. And so they tried to, it, they may have, may have, it, it certainly looks conspicuous that there's, there was some power plays tried to be pulled by having these guys suddenly retire on the team and give the team no choice, but to, but well, uh, you know, we might as well get something for these guys. And, you know, the bucks called the bluff, the saints called the bluff, the dolphins got neither one of them. And then they lost first and third round draft picks. That's how stupid this is. And, and that's, and, and you know what, they, uh, frankly, they deserve it. They deserve it. They deserve every bit of the punishment to me. Because if they, if they, if any, any of these conversations they were having with Tom Brady influenced him to temporarily retire on the Buccaneers, then that did the Buccaneers damage. If any of these conversations with Sean Payton uh, influenced his decision to retire from the Saints for a year, that damaged the Saints. And that's why, you know, you're like, this is an unbelievable amount of draft or draft um, resources being taken away from the Dolphins. Everybody else got away with a slap on the wrist, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's because of how, I mean, Roger Goodell said it. This is the most egregious case of this that he's ever seen. And it was. And so because in terms of uh, calendar timeline and how long before free agent such they talking to these guys and how nefarious the scheme may have actually been to where it might have actually injured these teams, the same the Saints and uh and Buccaneers by getting the, the people to retire. And and so, like, yeah, they lost first and third round picks, and Steve Ross can't come back until uh until October or something like that. Uh he and comes Bruce back Beal, for the it, he comes back uh game seven. So he suspended six games. He comes back against the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah. So I, I mean, it, it, oh, revenge that's, that's games. Be, that's Ross gonna, that's gonna be game. a nice one. That's gonna be a nice one with Brian Flores on the other sideline. But um, but I mean, yeah. So so Steve Ross is gonna pay a big price for this. Um, Bruce Beal is paying a big price for this. Uh, and the Dolphins and Dolphins fans are paying a big price for this losing first and third round picks. And the bottom line is it's happening because everybody was apparently just deciding to be dumb. And it's, that's why it's so upsetting is, you know, this isn't a matter of, you know, a lot of people will want to think about this and think like, this is the league being unfair on the dolphins. This is an attempt to distract from the Deshaun Watson thing. This is, um, this is all because Brian Flores was a snitch. None of those three are true. None of those three are true because frankly, for all we know, I mean, I I don't know. The saints might've lodged a complaint after all about Sean Payton and tampering. Um, but either way, like this sort of investigation could have been spurred by a complaint from anybody, not Brian Flores. And, and also, um, you know, this was the, the punishment met the crime. 
you know, yeah. the, the punishment seemed seemed appropriate for the crime that was described. No, now, not every team does that does what the Dolphins did here. Now, putting a bow on all this, I do I do I do take issue with one thing. Uh, I think Donnie should pay a pretty hefty price. Maybe yeah, a he one, should. And maybe a, a one year suspension from by the And NFL there's a mechanism for him to do so. I think there's you know, somebody talked about it on Twitter, like like they asked the question, you know, this was this was clearly unethical um what Don Yee was doing as well. And and so I mean, I know that the subject of tampering, like the player and the coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, in, nothing in happens case, to the coach. They, nothing ever happens to them. That's just that's that's never been the case in the history of the NFL, as far as I know. Um, but the agent in this case, you know, yeah, there's, there can, there can be some consequences for the agent and, uh, certainly there were consequences for the team. And so, you know, it's just, it, it, you know, we're, we're sitting here on that day and all we're doing, we're arguing about like Deshaun Watson and, and how unfairly light the punishment was for him. And we're arguing about whether the dolphins should, you know, flip off a sixth or seventh round pick for Tevin Jenkins, who is, who is on the outs in Chicago. We're arguing about stupid, non, you know, uh, um, non-significant, insignificant stuff. And then bam, you lost first and third round picks. Yeah. And, and by the way, a lot of people are saying, uh, you know, you lost your, your, your two insurance policy. Well, not really, because guess what? If two is not that good, you get to sign Tom Brady for real. Because he's a free agent. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, when he's when he's a proper free agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a... <laughs> yeah. This time, don't screw it up. If it, ha- well, if it has, to, if it happens to go down that way, don't screw it up. All right. Well, you know, it's it's actually it's actually devastatingly simple. Like, don't leave a paper trail about it, and don't do it a year or a year and a half in advance. You know, yeah. like you 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 have you have some contact. I mean, everybody knows that there's contact that's happening before the quote unquote legal tampering period of free agency, which is only like what, 48 hours before the start of free agency, Um, you know, and and so everybody knows that that happens, but not a year and a half, (laughs) you know, and and so I, you know, that this is, it sickens me. It really does. It it, because, because I was just talking about it too. I was like, you know, I went, I went through on Twitter and I started because we can go through it. We, and this is actually kind of fun. Like uh, the, the last 20 years of just absurdity with the Miami dolphins, which is mostly centered around the offense. If you think about it, yeah. um, you know, with you know, going all the way back to going all the way back to um, when North Turner went off, he was here for like two years and then he went off and the, Dave wants that promotes Joel Collier to be the offensive coordinator. And then Joel Collier, like just, inexplicably and suddenly a couple months later steps down like he didn't even quit necessarily i think he was just like no i don't want to be oc anymore and and so like so they they had to scramble around and ended up making chris Furster, yes that guy the <laughs> offensive coordinator for a year um along with uh, mark tressman and then you got the ricky retirement and then you got like um you got uh, the shenanigans around cam cameron and the ted ginn family fail forward fast and then you and, have the, um, the great uh, ricky return and then he's suspended for a year for weed yeah, I, and and then you've got um, you've got 
Bullygate with Jonathan Martin and Richie Incognito. You got blow up dolls with uh, Jim Turner, the offensive line coach. You got, you, you got, got the fine book, the fine book uh, that the offensive line was keeping a uh, hundred dollars for farting. Remember all oh, that? God. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, at least that's, at least that's just good fun. <laughs> and, and there is, well, I don't know if it's good fun because you know, some were, were speculating that Richie Incognito was inflating a lot of those, those fines, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he had his own scheme going. Uh, on, on on that fine book i mean it, and think about it, they, it think was him about and, also of all people it was him and mike pouncey in charge of the fine book of all people <laughs> well think about also the the go versus go go thing <laughs> oh, the philbin error uh the 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 then oh there's there's uh chris Furster redux right yes, yes. chris Furster is back with the team and now he's doing cocaine the off sequel. the desk the sequel the sequel, <laughs> the sequel was better the sequel yeah. was better. Trust me. Yeah, and, and, and you've got, you've got, um, the Culpepper breeze. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or there's that, um, you know, hiring Chan Gailey out of retirement, the Jim Harbaugh Chan, gambit. Twice. Chan, oh yeah. God. But at least that wasn't just on offense, but I mean, it was, it was, uh, uh embarrassing shenanigans. Um, the Chan Gailey thing, I, I, what I particularly loved about bringing him out of retirement was him admitting that when he retired, he threw away all of his coaching notebooks and, and materials. <laughs> yes. So he was just like coming in clean, like, you know, Hey, let's, let's, let's do some football, you know, like, and, and so, and then so of then course they have, hire, they hire a tyrant that hates everybody in the building, except the yep. defensive staff. He likes those and, guys. and, and dismisses and dismisses all offensive line coaches like every single week. <laughs> yes. And and then you have the co 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 offensive coordinator situation. You have the flirtation with a sexual predator. <laughs> all right. And, and, and I spoke and, to Pat Flaherty for 15 minutes. <laughs> And he was Wasted. fired three days later. Wasted 15 minutes. You'll never get those 15 I'll minutes. I'll never of your get life those 15 back. minutes of my life ever. But I'll never and, get them back. And and so like I, I was I laid all this out on Twitter Coach and I was Googs, like, you know, Coach Googs mysteriously disappearing. Well, where is yep. he? Where is, is there he? any evidence that he's alive? I don't know. If somebody know. knows if Coach Googs is well, you know, Greg Little list. resurfaced. Greg Little resurfaced. So yes, maybe he, Guglielmo. Uh, yeah. But I mean, and, and so then you have you have I'm, I'm like, well. Maybe we're, I said, one wonders if we're due for a nice normal one. <laughs> hey, hey, by the way, let's talk, let's talk about coach Googs, at least for the next 30 seconds. He was here one day and then it was, ta-da, he's no longer here. What yeah. was that about? And hasn't he been here like three times? Yes, he has. But, but this was a weird one. He's running yeah. out. He's running around out there screaming at our offensive line, doing, his, doing coach Googs type of things. And then all of a sudden one day he's not here. <laughs> We, we don't get a, we don't we don't get a break we don't get a break as Miami no. Dolphins fans over the last 20 years we don't get a break from the embarrassment from the shenanigans from the controversy from the from the being a league from the being a league clown essentially <laughs> yes. I mean and I hate to put it in such strong words but we we are like the 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 team ha- has been a clown show for 20 years we get these massive, national public black eyes like just just continuously and i'm like well maybe we're due for something normal for a change nope you know like now now we got this and so you know i i don't know you know and and somebody put it to me somebody put it to me actually and it was really interesting and um he he was like you know hey you follow baseball a little bit and um I was, he was talking about, he's like, you know, in the early nineties and the major league baseball suspended George Steinbrenner 
for hiring a private eye and possible mobster uh, to tail Dave Winfield so that they could screw him on a contract. And he said that you know, yes. Steinbrenner obviously notoriously was a meddlesome, you know, owner meddlesome uh, that w- owner was not the word that was used to me, but, um, and, and he was banned from the daily operations of the Yankees. Well, while he was banned, stick Michaels was able to operate freely as the G- G- general manager. And he drafted and acquired all the guys that made up the late nineties Yankees dynasty. Like G- Jeter and Pettit, Posada, Rivera, you know, all, all these guys. Yeah. This person's like, you know, maybe this is a blessing in disguise. Steve Ross isn't allowed in the building. Well, he is allowed to watch the games, according to Barry. He's Jackson. allowed to watch the games. I don't know where he's going to watch them. He's going to watch them from from the stands or something. I don't. Know. Maybe I, he's still, I guess maybe no. he's still got his owner's box. Who knows? But he's not allowed in the building. He's he's not he's not allowed to be part of day to day operations. No. So what sort of things might Greer and uh, and McDaniel think about, like while he's not allowed to say anything? well they get free reign in the building now right and Which also is, who's who's the who's the ranking owner now i don't know about we that think, like we i did some digging we on think that. it's fergie we think it's fergie it's possible it could be it could be mark anthony it could be it could be venus williams uh, and serena venus and serena could be. i mean but, uh, you, does fergie have fergie have uh seniority uh, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know how that would work. It could be Jennifer Lopez, you know. I mean, Bruce Beal is still the ranking owner, a part owner. Um, yeah, but he's but gone he's for not, a year. He's, but he, well, he's not really gone. He's not allowed to the owners' meetings. Yes. So he's not allowed to go to the owners' meetings. And so I, I asked Barry Jackson, um, uh, who works for a South Florida uh, newspaper, um, <laughs> and I asked him. I asked him. You know, okay, is there an owners' meeting before Steve Ross is allowed back? And if so, who represents the owners? Because Bruce Beal's not allowed to. I checked you know, the I, I checked the schedule and there's nothing. Uh, there's nothing. there isn't. And, and, and actually, Barry did get back to me. He said he said nobody, n- none of them would. It would be it would be Tom Garfinkel though. <laughs> that would admit represent the Dolphins in that case. Yeah, but the but, the uh, move I, I is to have Jennifer Lopez show up on Friday. Because by the way, there is no practice on Thursday, mm-hmm. August fourth. No practice day. The, it's a day off for the players. They return to practice on August 5th, which is Friday. The move is to have Jennifer Lopez there 8 a.m. doing a press conference saying, I'm in charge now. I'm in charge until October 17th. What a coup would that be? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Is that the move or what? That's the move. I mean, I I have nothing against I have nothing against uh, uh, the Williams sisters, uh, you know, have all of them up there, all of them, all of them up, all of them up there. Bring them all and, and. Frankly, frankly, we always thought that this, um, I don't want to be rough on Steven Ross. Like, you know, I know he's, his, his heart is generally in the right place. You know, he was, and, and in this case, you know, there's been a lot of fans that have been, he's just trying to improve the team and I get it, but you know, and he has it, done wonders with the stadium, we've, we've, with the area sure, around sure, it. Yeah, sure. But one wonders, you know, if we go back to when he first rolled out, you know, quote unquote, the orange carpet. And the um, the part ownership, the celebrity part ownership thing, and we we're all like, kind of like, oh god, this is this is a circus, this is a clown show. One wonders if those celebrity owners would have collectively been less of a clown show <laughs> if they were actually in charge, compared to the people yeah. that did end up in charge. Yeah, and this beautiful training facility—it's awesome. 
It's absolutely it's awesome. awesome. It's great. It's it's great. I'm 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 really glad that Steve Ross is committed to uh, improving the Dolphins any way he can. And I would like I would like very much if he just stepped away from all operations. <laughs> unless he has to write a check, you know, you unless, know what I mean. Well, unless he has to, unless he has to sign a check, and that's nothing against him. You yeah. know, I'm not saying I'm not saying we would be better, but um, yeah, that's <laughs> it's it's just really it's maddening. It's maddening, is what it is. <laughs> it is all right. Very briefly before we transition to uh, training camp, uh, Deshaun Watson got the same suspension that Stephen Ross got. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> which is interesting in and of itself which is interesting because but the know, nfl Steve... is appealing the nfl is saying the nfl is appealing to the nfl and then the nfl yeah. would decide for the yeah. nfl if the nfl would revisit the nfl's original ruling <laughs> by an nfl uh independent it's, arbiter are, are you seeing what a... i'm getting at yeah, I see what you're getting at. It, it, and it's such a funny process, but it has it so was that's negotiated. Like, that's like we have a dispute inside of three yards per carry, and I'm going to consult with Simon Clancy, who's going to consult with Chris Kaufman, who's going to consult with Alfredo Arteaga. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, while- it's, it's, it, it, was, it was agreed on by the NFL and the, uh, and the NFL Players Association. Um, it, it's an improvement off of the old system where it was literally, you know, Roger Goodell making the punishment decision and then the players association appealing the to tell himself to appeal it's just uh, and and but this is this is the system that it is there are some there are, it's interesting there are some uh, um you know uh some i guess guardrails on what goodell can do in this this appeal like the factual findings by uh sue robinson sue l robinson um, who was put in charge of hearing uh, the both sides of this case from Deshaun Watson? Um, the factual findings of by her are binding. So if she found, you know, doubt, reasonable doubt, or you know, I, that's not quite the standard. The standard was um, preponderance of evidence. But if she found doubt about the um, the veracity of the uh, the allegations against him, uh, and she put that in her ruling, then uh, then Goodell wouldn't, his hands would be tied. You know, he, he, he can't change the facts of the case. He can't, yeah. he can't change the factual findings by Sue Robinson. Um, but she didn't, she actually found, she applied the same standard that you would find in, in court in a civil case. Um, and she found it more likely than not that Deshaun Watson did it essentially that he, um, that he contacted these women against or contacted he knew that it was unwanted sexual contact that he knew it and that he intentionally did it it wasn't accidental he intentionally did it and he did and he did sexually assault them um she found she found that he did it but then she handed down a six game sentence that was and she went through all this uh this reasoning um some of which i don't love but you know she went through all this reasoning that was basically like listen because the NFL has been so bad on this in the past. I have my hands tied. I can only give him a six game sentence, uh, a six game punishment. And that itself is the worst punishment that has ever been given to a player for, you know, quote unquote, nonviolent sexual misconduct, um, which is 
hundred percent true is a hundred percent true. And also really sad, mm-hmm. you know, um, in, in, in the NFL's history. And she's basically, she basically was like, this is the bed that you've made and you have to sleep in it. And it's not, it's not really fair to, um, to start changing the rules after the fact and, you know, and not give the players fair warning that you're, you're engaged, you're having, you're applying like sort of a new standard on, um, on the, the sexual misconduct. And I think that they are trying to apply a new, a new standard. They are trying to get tougher on it, which they should have been all along. But, um, but she was like, you know, listen, I'm, I'm her mandate was such that she had to do this based on Pat on the past, on the past punishments. And so she did. And, um, and so now the NFL gets to say, well, thank you for the factual findings that he did it. Thank you for agreeing with us hundred percent that he did it. And we're going to decide what the punishment is. And it'll you know? probably be a year. And, and, it, and it will be. It'll be. And a year. Deshaun Watson will be very, very smart to just take the year and then mm-hmm. keep your money next year. Well, and here's why. Not, not to look at it coldly, but that's the way. And here's, and here's why. It. Here's why it'd be smart. Well, first off, first off, it's probably going to be a year, which means indefinite. A year suspension is actually an indefinite suspension in the NFL. It means that you're kicked out of the NFL. And then the next year you have to apply for reinstatement. And you know what? The NFL might say no. <laughs> mm-hmm. um so because what they do is when they they kick you out indefinitely like that for a year um and then you apply for reinstatement they usually put conditions on your reinstatement and so what the nfl says is in order to get reinstated you have to complete these conditions after after a year so that's what a year suspension really means is it's like code for being able to slap conditions on reinstatement onto Deshaun Watson and what sort of conditions might they slap on Deshaun Watson for, for reinstatement? Well, some obvious ones. I mean, when he got into his, every time he's spoken publicly about this, he has expressed zero remorse. He mm-hmm. has exp- expressed zero contrition. He is, he said that he did nothing wrong that um, people asked him, have you, you know, sought help? You know, because clearly if you're if you're going to like 60 different Instagram masseuses in a year, then, you know, there's there's a problem there. Um, and 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 you're you're touching them with your penis. Then there, there's a problem there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that um, the NFL will put conditions on him that make him say, you know, he is going to have to admit he has a problem. He is going to have to seek help in earnest. Um, and that that's what I think is really going on with uh, the NFL's insistence on, on it being at least a year is they want the they want the reinstatement process. And I think they want the conditions and he would be wise to just eat it because yep. ironically, he might have screwed himself with the Cleveland contract. I mean, infamously, the Cleveland Browns gave him a contract fully guaranteed, but the first year was um, written in such a way that he would not lose lose virtually no money for 2022 if he if he had to um, if he had to be suspended in games in 2022 like that's that's the way the contract was written, written and they did it on purpose and it was part of as part of the leverage of, of Deshaun Watson and his agent trying to get the most money possible but he also may have kind of screwed himself because the NFLPA is ready to take this to court like real court. You know, like if um, if they don't like uh, Roger Goodell's uh, final decision um, on on the appeals process, they're ready to take this to court. But Deshaun Watson is going to have to sit here and say, 
um, and, and decide, you know, if he goes for, you know, what the, uh, what they call per- preliminary injunction against the NFL, preventing them from enforcing the suspension until they go to real court and hash this all out. Um, then he's going to end up, if he loses that, if he ends up losing in court eventually when they hash it all out, then he's going to end up serving suspension time in 2023 instead of 2022. And guess what happens in 2023? He loses real ass money. Yeah, like $40 million. Yeah, like $40 million. Like in 2022, if he's suspended, he's going to lose like what, $300,000? Yeah. In 2023, in 2023, if he's suspended, he's going to lose like a lot of money. So if you're Deshaun Watson, you're like, am I going to seek a preliminary injunction um, to, to prevent me getting suspended and then, you know, show up week one and play. And, you know, while this is all getting tied up in the courts, Ezekiel Elliott did it. Um, and, and I don't think, I don't think first off, I don't think he'll be successful if he does seek it. But second, like, why would you do that? Why would you risk that? And by the way, what Ezekiel Elliott did that season ended up burying the the Cowboys season because he got suspended at the end of the season when they were in a, in a playoff chase. Oh yeah, I know. I, I had him in fantasy that year. Um, and, and so like, I, I think that, um, I think that he won't want to seek that preliminary if he's being rational. And this is where, this is where it goes back to, you know, you have to go back to the fact that he did this at all, that he did all this at all. The, the, you know, the pathological behavior that fed into this and his, his constant, like, you know, some very curious decisions he made along the way, like his attitude about, about never settling and, and stuff like that. And how he was always going to have his day in court and, and everybody was going to find that, you know, he's, he's completely innocent. And these, these 25 to 30 women or whoever many um, are, uh, are all just lying and stuff like that. Like he was delusional this whole time. And if, if he continues to be delusional and then he seeks that preliminary injunction, which I almost wish happens at this point um, and he gets granted it and then he loses the final court battle, then he's going to lose so much more money. And, and so it would be, it would be like, it would be really a bad sign probably for the Cleveland Browns. If, um, if he does seek that out, because it means that your quarterback is actually, is actually just a crazy person. Like mm. your quarterback is actually not, not all there. Right. Um, and that's, that's a, that's a very real, that's a very real possibility at this point that he is, that he is a sociopath um, because some of the activities that he engaged in the pattern of activities he engaged in fit with that. And mm-hmm. so, um, so you, if you're Cleveland Browns, you're hoping you're hoping that they just eat it too, that they just they just go ahead and serve the suspension this year, and that's it. And um, and if you're Deshaun Watson, logically you should be hoping for that, um, or you should be aiming for that as well. But uh, I think I think the, the NFL will go ahead and suspend him for the year, and um, and it's just going to be fascinating to see what happens from there. Yeah. And what I don't understand is the, you know, Major League Baseball, who has who notoriously has the strongest union in all of sports. Uh, they have a guy with one sexual assault allegation, Trevor Bar- Bauer, gets suspended for two seasons, 324 games. Loses about $65 million of actual money because all of yeah, that is guaranteed. That's a, that's, that's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, that's a real suspension. Two yeah. full seasons and $65 sure. million dollars yeah. on one allegation. 
And the NFL is very aware of that. They're very aware of that suspension. And they've, they've talked about it, like, you know, kind of uh, uh, sort of behind the scenes anonymously with reporters and such, like they're aware of that suspension and, and what it, what it will do to shape public um, expectations of what Deshaun Watson should get. Yeah. All you got to do is read the, if you read the NFL comms, uh, they have their charter there. They have their governing, governing documents. And uh, first of all, let me say that the governing documents of the NFL are pretty bad. Like, I don't know who the hell wrote those things. Okay. But I've, I've read some construction uh, contracts that are much more uh, detailed and definitive than what those NFL governing documents are. Okay. But it states very, very simply, uh, it's one of the opening paragraphs. Uh, mm-hmm. There are no rights to employment in the NFL. This is a privilege. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's as if th- it's like this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. You and me have no right whatsoever to make money at this podcast. But if we can, it's a good thing, right? Like, we it's, can, it's we great. Can. If, somebody, if somebody decides to pay us, then, you know, great. Yeah, yeah. That's how the NFL is supposed to be. It's a privilege. It's, you are not entitled to, to employment. You really aren't. Okay, you're a professional quarterback. Guess what? There's other leagues where you can go make money. It's as simple mm-hmm. as that for Deshaun Watson. All yeah. right, moving on. Uh, there's a camp going on, and the team. You know, I'll be good. I'll be damned. Is there? <laughs> yeah, and they look pretty good. Like uh, this is a good football team, Chris. That's the real shame of it. That's the real shame of it because this has been this has been by all accounts a a good start at least for the offense anyway. Yeah, uh, and to good dealing. start a good start to camp and and we don't see that very often with the <laughs> no, offense in Miami and over the last 20 years or so you know how many times every single year we say the same thing defense is always ahead of the offense this time of year I will say this today Tyreek Hill had a load management day okay mm-hmm. so he was uh he was doing his tra- his uh Teron Armstead impersonation which is just walk around <laughs> and walk around in gear you know what I mean but not do too much and talk to a bunch sure. of people uh, there's a different feel, man, without that guy out there. Mm. Different feel. They're just you know, which should surprise energy. exactly, which should, should surprise exactly nobody. Right? Yes, <laughs> I like, mean this is why this is literally why you, you traded for him. Yeah, he just makes the team go, man. It's a ball of energy, man. You know, and by the way, you could tell. Uh, by the way, Xavier Howard also on that Teron Armstead plan. Yeah. Uh, okay, I was told that that they do this in San Francisco, and guess what? I guess we're we're bringing it over here. If you're a really, yeah. really good player, you're just not going to participate too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, you know, and 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 to their credit, you know, I didn't think San Francisco was going to be great this year, and they ended up in the NFC Championship. So stupid me. Yeah. Um, so uh, one of the reasons that I didn't think that they were going to be great this year is I'm looking across that roster, and I'm like, you know, you got a lot of old guys. Like you uh-huh. got a lot of old guys that are like that. You're guys counting up. These are your dickers. Um, some you know injuries stuff in their past. Yeah. So, so their their whole load management strategy. Yeah, it works. Works, <laughs> or it works Absolutely. for them. Absolutely. And I and I loved uh, Mike McDaniel's first comments as uh, uh, in training camp as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins were, uh, "We expect Byron Jones to play Week One, and we won't do anything to jeopardize that." Mm-hmm. Which is okay. That's great. That's great. Like you know, I don't give a crap if he's gonna play against the Raiders or or the Bucks here in two weeks or uh-huh. next week. Like I don't give a crap. I don't need Byron Jones out there, you know, guarding Mike Evans. Although I don't think Mike Evans is gonna play, but you know, I do want him out there week one. 
uh, for Devontae Parker and mm-hmm. Kendrick Bourne or whoever the hell else the <laughs> the Patriots have out there. So, so what do you want to know? Uh, shoot questions my way, Chris. All right, Alf. All right. So you've been you've been in camp the entire. Let's let let's be clear for the listeners too. You've been there every single day, every single day, every single minute, every single second of every even, single. Snap. In, in fact, in fact, even earlier, as I recall, one of the practices you got there insanely early and were called out on that by mm-hmm. Mike McDaniel himself. Yes. 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 I, I was wandering around the the practice facility. I'm like, why is there nobody here? <laughs> And, and, and Mike Mike McDaniel just sidles up next to you and is like, "What does he say?" Uh, he said, uh, "You're here early." <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Well, okay. So you've you've been there every single day. I'm sure you've been paying attention to the offense mm-hmm. quite a bit. Um, let's go. Like, okay, let's start with the obvious because you know everybody wants to know about Tua and everything's always on him which I kind of disagree with but I mean and it is it is the thing that we talk about like what what has really been as sure we see the clips we see you know a big throw here a big throw there um and and there's a lot of hype about Tua and there always there always has been he's got a lot of backers but what's he really been performing like okay if this is a very very oddly specific um uh prop bet but if i can find this i would make this bet i'm willing to bet that tuatonga valoa will lead the league in passer rating out of play action really is that crazy jared goff did it one year jared mm-hmm. goff did it one year i think Tua can do it this year no no that's not that's not crazy who, it is who, symbolic. who led the league last year and that's a good question if you have uh, it at your fingertips, I, I have it. And I don't know where even to begin to look for that. I know where to look for it, and I can I can figure that out uh, if you give me just a minute. But like uh, I will say this: that it is a um, uh, it would be a significant, maybe even a symbolic change, considering you know what everybody's been saying about Tua and RPOs. Mm-hmm. You know, um, with um, you know he's he's an RPO quarterback. And um, and so I think that uh, it'll be interesting if now we're switching from he's getting all this because because the big thing that, you know, all the stat nerds out there and I'm one of them, but like, you know, all the, the stat nerds analytics guys will bring up is the like, you know, Tua did a lot of damage on RPOs, really, really good amount of damage on RPOs, but um, he did bad poorly i guess on um on non-rpo plays right Mm -hmm. and and so i think that um that would be what people use against him and um and so how's that transition going you're saying it's going well absolutely and if i were to say what kind of offense this is you know not to get too specific but i gave it a lot of thought started watching you know some of the stuff that i have that i have on these guys um 2016 atlanta falcons rings the bell uh i that was a kyle shanahan offense i would say the passing game is 2016 atlanta falcons the running game is absolutely 2021 49ers okay uh i think that's what they're kind of running and i just gotta say uh those two wide receivers it makes all the difference in the world um if i had to say some definitive things we have a hard time blocking raekwon davis 
Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer. We just do. Well, hopefully you would. But most teams would anyway, right? I hope so. I okay. Hope so. so that's been a that's been a chore, I would say, mm-hmm. all camp. It's been hard to block those three guys. It just has been. Okay. But Austin Jackson looks like a different player. He really does. Well, before and- we get to Austin Jackson, we will get to him in a minute, but I want to follow up on Tua with you. Mm-hmm. Because um, Joe Shad um, of the Palm Beach Post just said earlier today, he just kind of declared it very emphatically. He's like, Tua's arm is stronger. There, yes. I said it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I think it has do to do think? with his body. I think it has to do with his body type. It's different. Uh, his body mm-hmm. type is uh, more baby fat. And, you know, uh, on top of the muscle last year, he was more vascular, more slim. Uh, you know, uh, last year, he, he kind of looked like a like a point guard in the NBA. This year, he looks like Russell Wilson, big booty, yeah. big legs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Looks different. He looks like Russell Wilson, really, you know, uh, you know, good base. He looks like a quarterback. A quarterback is not supposed to look like an NBA point guard. He's just so you not. think you think you think there's something there's legs or there's uh, and, and forgive the pun, but considering you just talked about his legs, um, yeah. there's there's legs to this thing uh, that his arm strength may have appreciably, appreciably gotten better in this. It time. could be as simple as his, his mechanics are are back in tune with what they're yeah. supposed to be. And sure, his, his mechanics you know? did get off. I mean, his mechanics, we did we did see him throw off that throw off balance off the back foot and such um, and, and start to be really scared of that offensive line last year. So I think that that's, that that'd be an interesting development. Okay. It's moving, moving on to the second most important thing on everybody's mind. What you just tried to talk about with the offensive line and particularly on the offensive line, how is the Austin Jackson at right tackle experiment going? Is it as tragic as I have always thought that it would be? No. It actually it looks. It actually looks all right now. So you're, you're telling me I'm full of shit. Yeah, for now you are. <laughs> you know, th- through seven practices you are. Through seven practices, this guy's gonna be good. Maybe not great, <laughs> but he's gonna be good. Like, like you know, he, he's not gonna be bad. You know, wouldn't like, that just be the thing? You know, he's gonna be good. Like, you know, through seven practices, he looks good. I, I don't remember him getting smoked off the edge. Mm-hmm. Any one time, I do remember other people getting smoked off the edge <laughs> that were not named out Austin Jackson. Interesting. But, but uh, yeah, he looks good. Like, you know, and, and what I found, I gave him my player of the of the day for day six. He was hitting blocks on screens. Uh, he was getting out and uh, he was hooking tight ends that were, you know, one lane over from him. Um, he was kicking out on cornerbacks. He was pretty active he's moving and one thing you can notice about it and and robert hunt just basically late you know he let the cat out of the bag he said look uh, i wasn't told i just knew i knew the system we were running and i decided i'm going to get 15 pounds light and robert hunt uh, you know volunteered today that he saw okay they hired mike mcdaniel he's a 49er guy i'm going to get 15 pounds lighter and you you know he did he did play in the scheme in college he knows what's demanded of it yeah, he says, I knew I was going to run as soon as they hired Mike McDaniel. So I started dropping weight and that's why I'm thinner now. And that's why mm-hmm. I'm sleeker. And uh, he's also had some some noticeable, uh, you know, some noticeable moments as well. Now, mm-hmm. uh, they can't block those three guys on our interior defensive line. But again, uh, I don't expect anybody to block those guys. And I'll tell you one thing. I was a, I was a skeptic on Connor Williams. He does have to fix his... Uh, like hasn't been tragic, okay? Like he's not 
What was the name of that guy? Matt Skura. He's not Matt yeah. Skura. Okay. Matt Skura. It's just that, you know, the snaps are, you know, you ideally want him for a left-handed quarterback. You want him on his left nipple, right? You want yeah, the ball yeah. on his left nipple. Right. Okay. You know, he's sometimes he's snapping it to his neck or his right nipple. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or to his mouth. It's not perfect every time, but it hasn't been tragic. Like, you know, the ball's getting to two and two is delivering passes. So he's doing a fine job in that regard. But uh, I finally see the wisdom. I see what they were thinking. Like, I, I understand now. And we should have seen it coming, I think, when they signed Connor Williams. I think it just makes absolutely sense. Absolute sense. And to be fair, if there is no Michael Dieter, they have no other center on the roster. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, and Michael Dieter is in a walking boot right now. Um, although coach seemed to believe that his, um, he, you know, he'll be ready to go for the regular season. He is the backup center. And now they've got to experiment with other guys back there. Um, but Connor Williams, would you say, I mean, I, I think clearly from an athletic standpoint, we we know that for this system, he's, he's well fit for the um for the system from an athletic standpoint but you you've brought up his snapping which i think is important because you know one of the one of the positives of Tua Tungavaloa as a quarterback is how quickly he gets into his actions and mm-hmm. how quickly he gets and you know how snappy he is and it's hard to be snappy if um if the snaps are coming in kind of iffy right like if the snaps are coming in right on target and perfect then you're able to get into it split seconds faster um and the other thing is he's learning Tua is learning a new offense completely new offense and the more he has to think about the the worse it's going to look like and if he has to start thinking about the snap then it's not going to look as good but but what does Connor Williams look like to you from a communication standpoint, because that's the that's the really big thing with this offense is um, is the communication, identifying the defense, um, identifying the run fit, seeing how particularly they use so much motion. You know, they use so much motion. And the reason they're using the motion often is to see how the linebackers shift and how the run fits are going to have to uh, are going to have to change. And, and based on what those linebackers show you know, on the motion and and things like that, the offensive line could have like completely different action. You know, they're going to have to communicate with each other. How's the communication looked with it? Like, how's it, how's this leadership and the sort of the the intangible things out there for Connor Williams? Oh, that's been noticeable. And I'm, I'm a sucker for those things. Uh, But to be fair, Michael Dieter's also very good at that. He's very good at organizing the huddle. Uh, He's he's very good at at getting guys lined up and picking up uh, who has to pick up who. So to be fair, Michael Dieter is also very good at that. Connor Williams is evidently very, very smart guy. We all knew about, you know, we knew about his, uh, his Wonderlick score. What was yep, it? Like very high. It was like a 30, 34, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, was- so evidently he's, you know, he's a pretty smart guy and you could, t- you could, you could tell Well, when, you know, he, he does his media availabilities. Uh, you could see the wheels turning in his head. He's going to make the perfect answer for everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so very presidential. <laughs> Okay, so Connor Williams is very presidential in his uh, press conferences. Okay, he's very thoughtful in what he he says. So yeah, naturally he's going to be a pretty good leader. He's going to organize the the huddle very very well. So yeah, he's been good, and I can I, I just see I see the wisdom. I saw the wisdom when I saw a few practices. I was like, okay, this is what they're thinking. Like okay. it's so obvious. This is the guy that has to be playing center out of these well, guys. Well, then two, two, two more quick things on the offensive line before we move to move somewhere else. Um, the Liam Eichenberg left guard. Are we talking, I mean, you know, real quick, are we talking 
look better than last year, look uh, about the same, just not very noticeable. Like, uh, and then the Competent. second thing is the second thing after that would be, you know, any backups in particular that you want to comment on. Yeah. Liam Eikenberg, just competent. I, I, I'll just say that he looks competent. He's had, he's had some, some bad moments. Uh, remember who he's playing against. Uh, mm-hmm. He's had some bad moments. I'm sorry. Uh, Christian Wilkins is, uh, is on the verge of stardom. If he's not there already, uh, like this could be a big year for Christian Wilkins. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's interesting that they did like their, their little group interview on NFL network. And it was Xavier Howard and Javon Holland. And they asked them, who is a guy that the average football fan doesn't know about, but is ready to become a, a superstar. And they both said Christian Wilkins. Okay. Wow. Uh, he's hard to block. He's hard to block. And this is just too much to ask for Liam Eikenberg, in my opinion, but he's, he hasn't been a disaster, which you would expect, right? Well, to his credit, he walked in there with the orange Jersey one day. Yeah. So he's had his moments. He's been okay. He's been good. As far as backups, Kinley, Solomon Kinley had a couple of practices where he was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, I spoke to Matt Applebaum, and I found it really interesting about, uh, I asked him about Kellen Deesh, and I asked him about Blaze Andrews. That's how you spell his name. That's how you pronounce his name, right? Blaze Andrews? I believe. I believe so. And Kellen Deesh, he went into, oh, his hand placement's good. He has a good kick slide. Smart kid. He's picking up the playbook. Although, I will say this. I saw once, uh, I saw one rep. Where they did one of those two by one rushes on Kellen Deesh, and he picked up the wrong guy. He picked up the outside guy. He's supposed to take a, take the inside guy. That's a huge mistake. You do that in the NFL in the regular season, and your quarterback is Tua. Tua's laid out. Don't do that, Kellen Deesh. Bad <laughs> Kellen Deesh. Okay. Bad Kellen Deesh. Bad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That wasn't very good. But Matt Applebaum was saying, "Oh, he's picking up the playbook. He's a smart kid." But I asked him about Blaze Andrews, and he said, "Ah, oh, he's a people mover. He beats people up." Uh, you know, all the stuff that offensive line coaches like to talk about, right? Oh, uh, okay. You know, so, I mean? so you did, are you saying that you saw a twinkle in his eye when he talked yes. about Blaze Andrews? Yeah, well, yeah. When an offensive line coach starts talking about hand placement, kick slide, athleticism, smarts, forget it. Okay. He's basically saying, you know, there's potential there. But when he talks about a guy who's just out there moving people, Mm-hmm. Okay, because my question was very simple, and I believe you could get my question on MiamiDolphins.com because I got a very long answer out of Matt Applebaum. But my question was, Kellen Deesh, Blaze Andrews, what do they do well? What have you seen so far? And what can they improve on? Now, on the what can they improve on, uh, Matt Applebaum told me okay, he's going to keep that. He's going to keep that to himself and to those two guys in the meeting room, basically saying, I'm not going to tell you what the hell is wrong with them. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. He doesn't okay. want to, well, he doesn't want trash. Of course. But Blaze Andrews, like it was, he was effusive. He was like, he's a big, strong kid. And if you want to know what he's really good at, he's good at moving people out of the way. Hmm. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, you, they could use that. You know what I mean? They could use that. Yeah. You know, they well, I'll tell you what, you, you, you're talking about Austin Jackson. He's actually been good. So maybe this is not relevant. But, you know, back when I was I was I was thinking that they're just going to have to eventually put Robert Hunt at right tackle. Um, would you say positive enough on Blaze Andrews that you could see him in that lineup at right guard? If that were to happen, if, if yeah, uh, if, if if Rob Hunt has to walk out to tackle to replace Austin Jackson, let's say the Austin Jackson, you know, looks good in practice right now. We get into the games and then and now he is getting turnstiled like in pass protection onto his blind side. And so they're like, okay, we have to get, we have to get 
a real player in there, Rob Hunt, and and have him man to his blind side. And so now they have to have somebody at right guard. Would you say there could be positive enough on Blaze Andrew? I mean, there's there's guys ahead of him on the depth chart. Absolutely. So but, I mean, but I can see it, and I can see it, can and see I'll tell it. you why. Because they have enough elements in this offense where they double the three tech and a Connor Williams, Blaze Andrews double i think would be successful on pretty much any three technique in the nfl interesting yeah you know blaze andrews is i'm not going to call him one-dimensional because he's had some good pass pro snaps but he's noticeable on one side of the ball you know what i mean uh mm-hmm. on one side of the offense which is the run game like he's yeah. really noticeable where kellen Deesh is the opposite uh kellen mm-hmm. Deesh, uh, is noticeable in pass pro he's had mm-hmm. some good pass pro reps Although, like I said, uh, Josh Boyer has thrown some wrinkles at him that I don't think he's ready to handle at the NFL level. At least not yet. Fair. You know, you know I want to see him against uh, against Tampa Bay. Uh, you got to figure they're going to play a lot. Okay. Uh, maybe most of the game. So, well, I, I, I do want to I want to move on to the wide receivers here um, and running backs, you know, just real quick. Um, wide receivers obviously we know what Tyreek Hill is like Mm -hmm. we've kind of been hearing all about it it's been very public um we know what kind of player he is anyway uh and and obviously I think we we know that the chemistry between him and Tua is kind of famously coming along pretty well Jalen Waddell um has been making some noise as well uh and and have you noticed have you I want to ask you two things about the wide receivers basically uh one Jalen Waddell have you noticed any different ways that he's being used in this offense compared to like, keep in mind last year, what was he? He was a chain mover guy, right? Yeah. His chain mover and, and, and the, the smoke, you know, the, the little bubble screen type of guy, right? He's, he's that screen guy, but then also uh, third down and moving the chains underneath. He was bottled up by the defense, you know, low yards per catch. Um, which you wouldn't have expected with a guy with his electric abilities, but that's, but that's what it was. Is there a difference in how he's being used? Is it deeper? Is it, is it more, is it bigger plays? Like how is it, or is it, is it just, just feed him ball, the same stuff? Uh, Completely different. Uh, He's not being used uh, how he was used last year. Not to, you know, because remember we are still under. Right. right, right. I get it. I get it. just, (laughs) Just qualitatively, just qualitatively say, it's not the same. Right. And Jalen Waddle is, yeah, uh, deeper routes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, let's just say their roles are interchangeable. Mm. And they seem to make a, a point of it. A mm. point of it to the point where they had a sequence where they're running a drive against our, our defense. I guess I could say the number one defense because it was the number one offense. And they ran an end around with Tyreek Hill. And the very next play, they ran an end around with Jalen Waddle. Good. Okay. So they seem to be interchangeable. They're both being used the, exactly the same way. Mm. And I think the offense is much better for it. As far mm. as the rest of the wide receivers, I think I'm going to be wrong on, on Eric Azukama. He's better than I thought. A lot better than I thought. Yeah. He's flashing. He's making some noise, now. right? Yeah. This guy, he has the look of, uh, of a preseason superstar and preseason superstars do not get cut or or sent to the practice squad okay mm-hmm. they get rostered and i guess you know where that leaves preston williams 
and, right. and uh, others. <laughs> and hence, and hence why Preston Williams is complaining. Um, but yes. what about, what about the, uh, the, the undrafted free agent Braylon Sanders, who's making some noise as well. Yeah. Another noticeable guy. He, uh, the circus catches a lot of, about another guy with a, with a lot of energy. Uh, today he was available. He's made available to the media. I only got one question in on him. I got in late cause I was, I was in the scrum where Tua was about done with the media. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's not headed anywhere good all right let's just say that the only thing that's going to change that is when Tua starts you know playing well in the regular season and the questions change but today yeah I I felt I kind of felt for him uh, I didn't like the the sequence of questions I was asked uh, of of Tua today mm, it was a uh, marriage question marriage question marriage question Tom Brady Tom Brady Stephen Ross uh why oh, do people think that your deep ball sucks those oh, were God. the questions okay so yeah, you can well, see that's... how that would irritate you, right? Yeah, I could see. <laughs> okay, I got it. So you could tell he was a, he was a little bit agitated. Tua Tungvalu was agitated, and I was in the scrum because you know naturally you got you know you got Braylon Sanders and you got Tua Tungvalu. Where are you going to go? <laughs> you know. But I walked out on Tua. I, I was like, you know, enough of this shit already. Like he looks agitated. I'm not going to get a good question in here. I don't even know what to ask him really. I'm going to go talk to Braylon Sanders. And uh, yeah, he's talkative guy. Uh, bright and uh he basically uh, mentioned uh a history with soft tissue injuries at Ole Miss that, mm. I, that he feels derailed his college career so he says that he had to start cha- he had to change the way he eats the way he trains and his he had to trans retrans he had to transform his body to to be able to play in the NFL that's interesting so, you know, I'll say this about his uh, career at uh, Ole Miss. Uh, the end, the last couple of seasons, he had something incredible. Like it was, uh, it was, you know, the, the pure yardage was like nine hundred and some odd yards and maybe eight touchdowns or something like that, um, which isn't that necessarily that impressive. But it was on thirty-eight catches, <laughs> which is which is pretty insane. It was he's, he's averaging like twenty twenty-four yards a catch or twenty-five yards a catch, and that's pretty. That's fast. You know, that's yeah. that's a fast guy, and he's a fast guy, and. Um, you know, the thing that stands out when you see him, he's fast, but he's got really good body control. Um, especially you see it with the catches, the catches and such and, and throwing the hands. I mean, he's infamously got some one handers now. Um, so, you know, those three, those three things, it's like, well, there, there, there goes a wide receiver in the NFL. Like there goeth. (laughs) <laughs> there go with a an nfl wide receiver you have speed you have body control and you have hands okay you're done um so he is he is an interesting one to watch what about is there anything about the running backs though that you know because to me running backs training camp it's it's, it's never to me that like i want to see the games i want to see full live fire break the tackle kind of you know game work uh is there anything that stands out about the running backs so far to you uh, Miles Gaskin has been unnecessarily hit uh, through through two days more than in, than I can remember a running back being hit, but I, I guess that's a credit to him that he's running a little bit more physically and the and the the defense is considering it and saying if you're going to do that uh, we're going to hit you if you're going to run into us we're going to hit you so I guess Miles Gaskin is maybe feeling the footsteps and the pressure and deciding mm-hmm. you know what I want to stick around this this team. But I just don't see it, and I think we've talked about it enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not to to keep beating on 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 old Miles Gaskin, but I don't think he's a fit. Raheem Mostert, you know, it's obvious the the speed. Who, who looks Who looks like they're Who looks like 
Who do you think is ahead of him right now? Miles Gaskin? Not, not, I don't know. We don't know their official depth chart. Right. And, yeah. you know, you, you can't talk about like, you know, who was on first team, who's on, but who, who looks to be ahead of him in your eyes right now? Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. And I think he's in a, in a battle with Sony Michelle for okay. 13. Okay. Uh, if I had to guess, if I had to guess, yeah, you know, and, that, and that's okay. just me looking at, uh, at reps and snaps. Sure. You know? It's taking account of all it's a mosaic. It's this is, this is what we would call in my business. Um, this is a mosaic um, mosaic analysis. Basically you're putting together a lot of, we, we say this because we don't want to be caught with insider information. Um, you're putting together, you're putting together a lot of pieces from a lot of different places to come away with a mosaic picture of what, of what's going on. Yeah. Um, and, and, so, and as far as Zaquandre white, and I know that that, that question was coming up, uh, Zaquandre white, I think he's going to have to be one of those preseason superstars again. You know, we talked mm-hmm. about Arizona as Ukama as a potential preseason superstar. Maybe mm-hmm. Zaquandre Wright runs White runs for 100 yards next Saturday against against the the Bucks because I think that's the only way he's he's going to get the reps right. Is you know you game. know Mike McDaniel would love that shit. Yeah, of course. <laughs> if he does, like, you know, and he's he, yeah, he he's a noticeable athlete. That role. He's a noticeable athlete, but hey, they paid Chase Edmonds, and it's obvious who Chase Edmonds is. Mm-hmm. Raheem Mostert has already done it in the NFL. Hell, sure. Miles Gaskin has kind of done it in the NFL. We know Sony Michelle's coming off of a 900 yard season you know it's a, it's a crowded group you know so it's it's hard for the rookie but i think we're burying the lead if we're gonna consider fullbacks running backs alec engel is gonna play a lot is a he a lot yes he's gonna play okay well unfortunately i i want to stop you before you say too much about that because you cannot it, it's it's almost you literally can't talk about alec Ingold's involvement in the offense without speaking without without giving away things about um about personnel groupings like it's 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 one of those positions but um but that's interesting you think he's going to play a lot okay we got to flip to the defensive side Uh, one last thing on 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 alec engel do you like fullbacks running 40 yards down the field catching passes absolutely you're gonna like this offense nice Well, you know what? Did, did, has well, God, I, and and you can't. You're not allowed to say this. I want to ask you: Has he gotten any carries? Like, have you have you um, you know seen him get no. carries? And you that, know what? That's a good question. No, I, Alec Engel has not carried the football. Okay, because I because I got this. This is the question that I have about the running backs: Is when we get when we get into situations. Okay, forget like the third and inches type of situation where we can go quarterback sneak or even do the the weird. Durham Smythe, you know, to be fair, to be fair, let me elaborate. Calic Ingold has been in the red non-contact contact Jersey all. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair. All right. So he's just basically running around out there, blocking people okay. and not getting That's hit, fair. you know? That's fair. Uh, because I'm wondering, you know, when we get to the third and a long yard or third and two or, um, you know, or uh, you know, those sorts of situations, or we get near the goal line, but not on the goal line, not inches away from the goal line, but we're talking about like two, three yards from the goal, goal line. You need a hammer, right, as a running back. Mm-hmm. And that is not Raheem Mostert. That is not. Uh, Chase Edmonds, and that is not um, certainly, you know, it's not Miles Gaskin, um, and I, and I didn't, it is not Sony Michelle. I'm sorry, maybe may people, some people might agree and disagree with me, but uh, so who's that going to be? Who's that going to be? I really don't know. I really don't know. But but TB, I will say TBD. this: Jared Dokes TBD. has had some successful carries in the goal line mm-hmm. the last couple of days, but I don't think that it's going to be him either. Mm-hmm. So. 
you know, I think third and one, I think, is, is an obvious down for them. Uh, their quarterback is pretty big guy. I would say he's carrying 220 pounds. Just tuck it in and let's let's run that that sneak again. Right. All right. I wanted to ask, you now. we have we have talked quite a bit about the offense, actually, in a couple podcasts. And, and we do understandably we we spent a lot of time talking about the offense um, in Miami because we haven't had a good one in like 20 years. Um, so. Now the defense, we brought back all the coaching staff. We know all about it, right? Um, what are we looking like on the defensive line? You, you've mentioned already. I mean, it's probably don't need to spend a lot of time talking about how unblockable Christian Wilkins is because we've been talking about that. Yeah. We, know, we know who Zach Sealer is. We know who Raekwon Davis is. Uh, although Raekwon Davis looks to be a little bit slimmer um and uh yes. and, and that's interesting and he said it was by design that he felt sluggish last year he wanted mm-hmm. to be quicker he felt he wasn't quick enough last year mm-hmm. to play I at his best you know and i you know what's interesting about this that because because it's turning into a theme you know you're talking about guys on offense i mean it's not just rob hunt that's talking about losing weight i think austin jackson has talked about losing weight i think um uh you know well preston williams the unhappy one Mm. uh he he was he said that he came he was uh he was like what 230 pounds last year yeah um and and that uh that this year he he came down to like 210 or something like that so um so i mean six foot five you know he's he's lanky um but i think there are speed um uh, particularly on offense do you see that bleeding into the defense do you see that with with other guys uh, guys other than Raekwon Davis are they coming in in better shape a little bit lighter a little bit sleeker yeah absolutely uh, Andrew Van Ginkle add, add Andrew Van Ginkle to that list of guys who got slimmer sleeker and wanted to get slimmer sleeker um Jalen Phillips is just he has more of a man body than mm-hmm. than before um on the defensive line, uh, you know, we should mention this. Adam Butler was waived because of, yeah, he uh, was, he was, uh, but he was designated failed physical. Uh, that basically just means he wasn't ready for it for training camp uh, due to an injury. Mm-hmm. He decided to use uh, his salary slot to try to save a couple of bucks that they might use in the in the regular season. Who knows? Maybe who knows if they bring him back? But more likely than that's, not, gonna... that's something that they might bring him back. I mean, that is, but that is very possible. Yes. So, you know, does that really hurt their depth? I don't, I don't really think so because you want Zach Sealer playing. <laughs> you want Zach yes, Sealer, Kristen absolutely. Wilkins, Raekwon Davis playing. Well, you know, and, and John Jenkins is uh yes, is no slouch out there. I mean, he's absolutely. he is what he is. He's the big, he's the big ugly, right? You know, he's the big mm-hmm. dude. Um, yeah. but, uh, but uh, I by the way, you... uh, underwear Olympics uh, champion Jordan Williams hasn't had uh, the best of times the last two days. Well, I that's I, I wanted to get there. I wanted to get there because you had talked about Jordan Williams before. You said that he, you know, uh, underwear Olympics, as you say, um, you know, getting off the bus, he looks pretty good. Um, but it seems like, you know, and particularly reading uh, your own practice reports on OnlyFans, which, by the way, $3 a month, um, yeah. uh, OnlyFans, um, reading your practice reports, you, you talk a little bit about Nebraska Ben Still. Yeah. Um, a, a little bit. Is he, and, and, you know, I should just say this. Because to get this out there, I mean, he's six four and three hundred pounds, and he ran below a five point oh forty. And you can notice that when he's playing yeah. out there, Smart and, and a nine and a nine foot eight broad jump. 
you know, and with a, a 429 shuttle, a 745. I mean, these are like the, the relative athletic score on him is like, is good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? So um, it is like, is really, really good. So, um, so he's an athlete. And are, are you saying that that's showing up? Yeah. Yeah. You could see it. You, you see it on the field and you're, you know, every once in a while you notice, you look at the field and, you know, not to, not to take a dump on anybody, but you look at Benito Jones and there's maybe a hundred Benito Jones in the NFL, which is, you know, which is not a, you know, that's not a crime. That's not a knock. You made it to the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Hey, it's not a knock to say you look like an NFL player, but I mean, you know, but sometimes you look at a guy and you're like, okay, he's different, right? Like this guy's different. Like among, among athletes, He's a little bit better than the rest. And Ben still looks like a, a guy that, yeah, like you're going to want to give him snaps, just like another guy that we've talked about at nauseum, and that's Porter Gustin. Like he's showing up today, and he's beginning to show up even more and more because the snaps are moving up. Mm. So that's another guy that that's starting to, to flash. And one last guy that, you know, and I'll mention it since we're, since I moved this off, off of the defensive line and onto edge players, uh, I was prepared to have a hot take on Melvin Ingram coming into yeah. today's podcast. I think I told you about it. Mm-hmm. It's just obvious. He, he could not care less about those, those uh, individual unit drills or, or those indie drills or the seven on sevens, all that stuff, or the install. But when they play 11 versus 11, he flashes all over the place. The guy can play football. It's as simple as that. He plays football. <laughs> He's a good football player. Okay. Just don't, just don't ask him to run around in shorts. He's, he's going to look average to bad. And he's going to get me to, to say something stupid on, on this podcast. Like, you know what? They might cut him, but not <laughs> and anymore. Then, and then, yeah. Okay, so so it's becoming obvious when I mean, we talked about it before that he he's going to play and he's going to play a lot. He, he might be sort of a he might be sort of a turn it up in the playoffs kind of guy. But, you know, yes. those kind of guys, it's 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 fractal. Right. I mean, it, it, in practice, it's like I don't give a shit about drills. <laughs> yes. Then we, get, then we get into the 11 and 11. It's like, oh, OK, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. 11 versus 11. You could tell like, OK, this guy can play football like he's really, really good. You know, and mm. let me just say, I think the hit the hit on Channing Tindall. Uh, this is a super athlete. He's a really good, good-looking athlete. Uh, Travis Wingfield had a had a play where he had Cedric Wilson and Shannon Tyndall forty yards down the field, stride for stride. That actually, yeah, happened. I saw, I saw that. So you saw that? You saw? Yeah, this. I saw that. And really good athlete. Uh, you know, put it this way: uh, he walked past me without pads, without his number, and anything. And then uh, Safa Dean walked past me and goes, who's that? And I just looked at him and I go, that's Eric Azucama. And then when I look back and I go, wait a minute, that's not Eric Azucama. That's Channing Tindall. That's how <laughs> sleek and athletic he looks, okay? Mm-hmm. So, you know, is it a redshirt year? Probably. But keep it in mind. Like, uh, I don't think they'll be hopeless if he's pressed into action this year. I think mm-hmm. if he's pressed into action this year, they're going to have a pretty good athlete to mold. And... This group, I thought, was was not going to be very good this year. I thought it was going to be the weakness of the team. Uh, there's a couple of guys I like on this group. I think Sam Agovon is he's an NFL player. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you could do a lot worse than LB5 Sam Agovon. Okay? And Darius Hodge, he might not make the team because I think he's right there on that edge. 
But mm-hmm. Darius Hodge is kind of Sam Agwan light. So, you know, and he kind of plays the same way too. Uh, really active body, good special teams player. And on a lot Blitzer. of special teams. Snaps. Blitzer. Yeah, Blitzer. Blitzer. Right. Yeah. yeah. So both guys are essentially the same thing. And then, of course, you know, we, we have our Orlando Roberts, who's also on the maintenance program. And, you mm-hmm. know, Jerome Baker is always Jerome Baker. And Duke Riley last year found a, found a role, and he's fulfilling it once again this year. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a bad group anymore. I think it's, you know, uh, you know, overall average group, which when you have a stellar group like your defensive line and an elite group like your secondary, you can have an average linebacking core and have a pretty damn good defense, I think. Hmm. Okay, so we've we've covered that. Um, if we wanted to get into other parts of the defense, like like what else what else is standing out to you about you know maybe in the secondary or more in the linebackers unit? Like, um, is there anything? I mean, because keep in mind this is a defense that we know. Yes, these are defenders that we know. You know, these are guys that we know Duke Riley, for example, even though he's not even, you know, a, a starter necessarily. Yeah. And Josh um, Boyer laid it down. Uh, he, you know, he laid down the gauntlet. He said, uh, this is not a bug. It's a feature. We bring pressures on third down. This is what we do. Yep. Yep. You know, this and the question was asked very specifically from me, uh, mm-hmm. you know, is the emergence of a, of a Jalen Phillips as a sack artist, would that change your philosophy on third down? Mm-hmm. He said, no, uh, this is what we do. We're going to bring pressures. Like, you know, that's just what we do. So you know, yeah, they're gonna you know, what's, what's interesting about that is um is I, I'm I'm interested just as an aside in what they do in second down in particular. Um mm-hmm. so because there's there's some differences in how they were handling second versus third down um at the beginning of the year. And um and, and for a while, you remember that last year they had third down was was bad for them. Yeah, you know. Um, and so it almost seemed like they were going super aggressive, uber aggressive on second down and then, um, and then turning around and not being as aggressive on third down and then just giving up the, giving up the conversion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wonder if, uh, you know, I wonder how that's going to be. Um, so w- we know that Brandon Jones or sorry, not Brandon Jones, Byron Jones, <laughs> too many Jones, mm-hmm. um, Byron Jones, not playing. He's not practicing out there. Um, and we, you know, Xavier Howard, I'm sure he's given being given his maintenance days. So we're out there, we're seeing the likes of Nick Needham, Trill Williams, Noah Igbenogany, who's yep. a guy that I'm sure the fans will want to hear about. Um, what are these guys at corners, uh, corner looking like start with Needham because you had something to say about him earlier today. I noticed. Yeah. Nick Needham was my player of the day today. Uh, simply put, he was perfect, uh, today, uh, he did nothing wrong, allowed absolutely nothing. He had one PBU, no picks. But, you know, Tua, Tua's, uh, Tua doesn't throw interceptions anymore, by the way. <laughs> okay. That, that's, a, that's become a feature well, of this okay. camp. Okay. Thank you for saying that because he's going to throw five tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Well, it, it's impossible for him to throw five tomorrow because they're not practicing anymore. Oh, that's well, they're good. There's, there's a bonus. <laughs> so the streak continues tomorrow of no interceptions for, for uh, Tua Tunga Bailoa. But do you remember the, do you remember the, like one of the first days, first days of camp or whatever uh, last year 
He threw like five picks or something like that. In the and, torrential downpour. Yeah. And the torrential downpour, which by the way, he was he was also bad in conditions in that Tennessee game. So maybe, maybe we Yeah, do, that was a thing, right? That was a maybe thing. Maybe we do pay attention to that after all. But um, but you know, it, it's just it's really remarkable to see, especially because I'm looking at all these other camp reports from all these other teams, and I'm just hearing all this like lackluster crap, like, you know, more frustrations for the offense, more, you know, so and so Zach Wilson's looking terrible um you know all these quarterbacks are just you know struggling to well to, I, I like, like the you know la, let me preface this by saying that there is no more negative media than the san francisco 49ers media like they absolutely uh, they hate that team no matter mm-hmm. how many fucking games they win they just hate that team there was a tweet today that says chalk up another terrible day for trey lance that was how the, the tweet started <laughs> Talk about well, I'm just, I'm just glad that we're nothing. not having that conversation right now because we could be and we have in the past. We have mm. make no mistake. So what about um, Noah? I mean, we got to know, is he is he look like he's coming on or what? Well, he has one. Uh, he has one thing going against him. OK, one thing for him and one thing going against him. The one thing that he does have going for him, he's getting a lot of reps. Sam Madison's giving him a lot of exclusive instruction. I still notice some technique flaws. Now, the bad news. He has to guard Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle all camp. Yeah. It's simply if he looks great, if he looks great, start trading Byron Jones. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know every, I know I know it's popular to say, oh, he just got smoked again. Uh, are you watching who he's guarding all all camp? Mm-hmm. Like, there's times where he's out there for 16 reps, and with those 16 reps, all of them have been against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. So, so it's going to be hard for him to look good, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe I was fooled a little bit today because Tyreek Hill had a maintenance day today, so he wasn't playing. Jalen Waddle was, and Nick Needham was perfect, so that's why I gave him the practice player of the day. So, it was, so I guess our offense was a little bit easier to play against today. But uh, Noah Benagini, uh, noticeable improvement, a lot of instruction from Sam Madison, and that can't be bad. Is mm-hmm. he giving up big plays? Absolutely. But mm-hmm. to who? To Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. I just think it's going to happen, you know? Um, interesting, to, uh, interesting to note, to uh, tried to hit Jalen Waddle one-on-one with Xavier Howard today. One of the few snaps that Xavier Howard uh, played, and Xavier Howard got the PBU on the defense. Oh, nice. I don't know if you saw the 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 video, but Jalen Waddle is jogging into the end zone like, ah, here's another one. And Xavier Howard comes out of nowhere and says, nope, not this one. Nice. Well, at least he's still Xavier Howard. And Tua um, Tungavailoa also let a cat out of the bag. And let me see if you're going to be able to guess this one. What Who's the fat? Who, uh, he let the cat out of the bag on one statistic today. Tua Tungavailoa. Are you yeah. ready? Yeah, okay. Who, who's, who's been the fastest defensive back? on the dolphins oh camp. oh okay because they keeping in mind that they the reason that they know this is their again culture of speed thing they um they have the rfid chips on and they have all the gps data and, and so on of of all these players and evidently they they make thing of it talking to the telling the players every day you know how fast they all were and and who was the fastest and all this. so so Tua does actually know who's been the fastest and yes. you're saying the fastest overall defensive the, back yes of anybody of anybody safety cornerbacks all of them corners um 
I'm going to, you know, just, just based on what I know of the roster, if it's, you know, by rights, it probably should be Noah Igmanogany because he's, he is, I, I think, you know, on a track the fastest, but I don't think he plays to that speed because he's still quite unsure of himself. But um, is it Javon Holland? No. You want to know no. who it was? Who is it? Kian Crossan. Kian Crossan, really? Yes. Yes. Okay. Crossan has been the fastest defensive back in all of camp. Well, no wonder, no wonder uh, Josh Boyer likes the guy so much. <laughs> okay. Uh, oddly enough, Mike McDaniel mentioned who was the fastest player overall in camp, and it was Tyreek Hill. He says yeah, he's, but... he's been clocked uh, several times at 23, and he says, and in his words, uh, that doesn't happen. Like, that's not normal. <laughs> yeah, that's not normal. Um, you know, uh, he also had a and... great quote that I don't think uh, people made enough about where they asked him about play calling with this offense, and he's like, it's like having three yachts and not, ta- and not knowing which one to take. <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, that's a nice one, right? I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's an embarrassment of riches, in other words, right? So I guess who are the three yachts? Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and what? Mike Kosecki? Those are the three yachts? I, I don't know. That's that's the, that's the fair question. Now, now, now that we have... We know mystery. who two of the yachts are, right? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But uh, so, okay, so... And by the way, about the speed thing, the one the the thing that I've brought up on Twitter several times is I, I go back to the Super Bowl that the 49ers Chiefs played in mm-hmm. um, against each other. I was at the Super Bowl in Miami. Um, you know, the, one of the events during the Super Bowl was um, was you know a, a little presentation by Zebra Technologies, who does like the GPS data and 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 so you know they were presenting and they were like. Um, they were talking about who the fastest teams in the NFL are. And so, um, you know, the, the, they said right there that the number one and number two speed off or not teams, I guess, no offenses in the NFL are the chiefs and the 49ers like, and they, they, they were facing each other in the super bowl and it was no mistake. So um, we're talking about speed of the person who's carrying the ball. Uh, number one and number two were the Chiefs and the uh, 49ers. And what I find really interesting about that is Miami brought in the two reasons that those were the two top speed teams or offenses in the NFL that year. You know, the Chiefs were the top speed offense in the NFL that year because of Tyreek Hill. And the 49ers were the top speed offense in the NFL that year because of Raheem Mostert. Hmm. So when we talk about like how speed is serious in Miami, that's how serious they are about the speed. And then you add into it, you know, Jalen Waddle and, uh, and his ridiculous speed. And of course, Mike Kosicki is clearly, you know, a top five, a top five tight end in terms of just pure speed. Um, you know, so I, I think that, uh, I think that that's the, the speed gig, uh, laid out, but I think it's interesting. You're talking about Kian Crossan as the top speed defensive back, because I don't think he's a 40 time guy. Um, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so it's, it, this is really all about, this is really all about his playing speed hmm. and, um, and why does, you know, well, uh, well, no, uh, you know what? I'm full of shit. I'm sorry. He is a, he is a 40 time guy. He's a four, three, three guy. <laughs> okay. There you have it. You know, for some reason I was, I was positive. He was a four five guy. I was really positive with that. <laughs> Evidently not. 
No, he's a, he's a, no. Okay, so no, no, he's legitimately the fast, fastest guy. The fastest guy on the track in this case is the fastest guy in the secondary. Yeah. And um, and so so don't listen to me. I'm I'm just absolutely full of shit. Now, now let me ask you a question. Uh, do you think that having Sam Madison in your ear all practice, and we're talking about Noah Benagini here, do you think that hurt that helps or hurts him? Is he a guy that just might play better just on instinct? Or having that constant instruction is probably hurting his game. Do you think? Uh, from what I know about Noah Igbenogany, it, it's that he needs a lot of instruction. Okay. He really needs a lot of instruction, but I don't know how he handles it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's 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 the thing, and I get a feeling that this is a guy that gets in his own head, mm-hmm. and uh, when somebody else is in his head two you know that might not that might not always help him um in the end he just may not be an nfl player but we'll have to see there was a rep today and and there's video of it if you look for it uh let me see if i can find it no i'm not going to be able to find it now Uh, it's going to take me too long but there's video of a play that uh river craycraft makes over Noah Benogany. They're playing, it looks like they're playing, it looks like cover zero, but it's not. They're playing quarters. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the problem here is that uh inside of Noah Benogany, he has Javon Holland, or I believe it was Eric Rowe. And Eric Rowe breaks for the flat, and Noah Benogany stares at him. And at the moment he stares at him, Craycraft runs right past him and Tua hits him for a touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he has that knack of paying way too much attention to what everybody else is doing on the defense and not mm-hmm. to what he's supposed to be doing. And mm-hmm. it's pretty simple. And look, quarters is something that you run in high school. You play this in high school that he wouldn't know. This is just odd to me, but he has to run with his man. Mm-hmm. He cannot, he cannot leave his man because there's nobody, there is no safety in that defense that they were playing. You got to run with your man. And that's just a busted coverage right there that they allowed six to River Craycraft of all people. It's but that's tough because you know they are asking, and, and in quarters it's true. You have to be aware. You have to stay aware of everything that's going on on the field. And if you have, and that has been the struggle for him. That has been you know if he were if he were just allowed to man up on his guy. And, you know, and, and just dog him and, and he would be and use his athleticism in his favor. He would probably be, be, be better, but it's it's the awareness that's been lacking. It's um, the overall defensive instincts. And when those guys have when they struggle with that, then, you know, what you end up seeing is they end up having to pay too much of attention to it. And, and, and they and then they lose what they're supposed to be doing. Because they're, you know, they're, their heads on a swivel. They're, they're big eyes looking around everywhere, and um, and that, you know, that's that's part of the reason that I doubt it. But um, you know, I, I just, it just seems like he's stuck, and uh, and and I hope that he does because he was a first round pick for a reason, and I liked him. I liked mm. him a lot. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. But we compare him to somebody else who was unheralded, in Trill Williams. Mm-hmm. And and where do you where do you see that coming out? How's how's Trill been doing? He's, he's in a making pitch, a lot of noise. He's in a pitch battle, but I would say Noah Benogany is is winning that right now. But if it if, if 
you know, look, at Noah Benogany, I think, is getting helped a lot by that first-round draft pick status. Now, is that unfair? No, it's not. Uh, you know, you actually have a, an investment there, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if he were, let's say, a six-round pick, I would say Trill Williams has more value because he, he's an he's actually a pretty good special teams player. Okay. While Noah Benogany is, you know, not to be unfair to the guy, he's a tragic special teams player. He's just not good. He's yeah. not good as a special teams player. He misses tackles. He can't block people. He, you know, he's not even good as a gunner or as as the blocker on uh, on the gun side. So he's he's a bad special teams player. So his way mm-hmm. onto the team is by playing in the defense, playing in the secondary. Uh, Troll Williams can play, you know, can be a special teams player, and you know he can contribute to the team that way. Mm-hmm. So if that were a consideration, I would say Troll Williams is ahead. As of right now, I would say Noah Benogany is playing a little bit better as a corner um, because he's getting more, the more, you know, more opportunities. And like I said, I am grading him on a curve because it is Tyreek Hill. It is Jalen Waddle that he's going up against exclusively all camp. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so I'm grading on a curve and I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But eventually that does run out and they do play against Tampa Bay this weekend. Uh, uh, they have a uh, they have two practices on Wednesday and Thursday. That's going to be interesting. I'm pretty sure the Bucks are not going to take it easy on him. I'm pretty sure that he's going to have to face Mike Evans and Russell Gage, who supposedly is looking really really good in in Bucks camp. So you know, I guess we get to judge him further there. But he's in a battle, and you know, uh, Nick Needham is getting played. You know, basically everywhere on the defense except safety. Uh, you know, not to, you know, well, so. you're not allowed to say you're not, say. I'm not allowed to say. So I guess they're, they're thinking about it. You know, they're thinking about, you know, maybe we have to go elsewhere past these two guys, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, uh, just in case, you know, that, that Byron Jones is not ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the rest of the guys, you know, Verone McKinley, way too quiet uh, for my taste. You know, you have opportunities, even if you play on third team, you know, not that you're gonna play, that he's playing on 13, but if he were, he would have an opportunity to make more plays than what he has, and he hasn't. Uh, the two guys that have actually looked noticeable, just basically because of what they look like and how they are athletically, is Elijah Hamilton and Quincy Wilson. They look mm-hmm. like something. I, I want to see them play in the preseason, sure. and who knows? Maybe remember they're gonna keep what nine defensive backs, ten maybe. What did they keep last year? Wasn't it ten or eleven? I, I don't even remember. It's probably 11, though. Yeah, but they keep a large number. So, yeah. you know, Elijah Hamilton, you know, Quincy Wilson. Yeah, why not, right? Let's, well, you know. But, but last question, how good is J- Javon Holland, and how good is he going to be? Uh, freakish. Uh, like, this guy's he's something. Uh, range from hell. Uh, uh, he's a play a minute. Uh, like, this guy. And, and now, and he's, t- you know, his balls have dropped. You know what I mean? He's an alpha now. Like, he's talking. You know what I'm saying? Like, last year, you could see that he was like, oh, you know, that's Xavier Howard over there. That's Byron Jones. That's Eric Rowe. What are they saying? You know? Can Mm -hmm. I say this, sir? You know? You could see that he was deferring. This year, fuck all those guys. I'm just as Mm -hmm. good as these guys. I'm going to talk, and I'm going to bitch when, you know, when we don't run the defense correctly. Uh, Mm -hmm. Today, very interesting, Josh Boyer and Xavier Howard having a very long, long, drawn-out conversation. Who comes walking over to, to join the long, drawn-out conversation? Javon Holland. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so well, you those, two, see- those two have a relationship, right? 
Yeah, Ron yeah, Allen and, and Xavier Howard. Xavier yeah. Howard brought him, brought him, I believe, to the Pro Bowl. Was that right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. like, like, uh, yeah. You could see that uh, that they're, you know, they're thick and thin. They're up and mm-hmm. down the field, like, you know, they're a pair. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, you know, it's he's different. It, 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 you could tell when a guy is when it's different. Where this looks like old hat to him, you mm-hmm. know. And some of the media were, were speculating uh, early on in camp, like, man, this guy's like really, really full of himself this year. And I and I was thinking, like, yeah, that's usually what happens when you know you're like really, really good. Like you, you know, that arrogance that comes with great players. You just mm-hmm. you, you just don't think he's there yet. He thinks he's there already. Mm-hmm. You know, so he has that good arrogance, that that good alpha vibe. So yeah, uh, arrow way up on Javon Holland, absolutely. Okay. Well, this has been this has been like extraordinarily long. Um, oh, and so... I just saw his name. I just saw his name. I got to say something about this. Brandon Jones, if uh-huh. he drops an interception on Friday, mm-hmm. it'll be four practices in a row with a dropped interception. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and I think that's a new league record. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that is that is both that is both good and bad. Like. <laughs> Well, the good news is that two of them have been against uh, Teddy Bridgewater. One was against two of Tonga Valoa. Okay. Mm. So, you know, so, you know, well, I'm Brandon, just saying, you know, great that he's around. It's great that he's around the, the, the ball so much. Obviously. Yeah. Catch the goddamn thing already. But, but you got it. You got to catch it. Oh, and Thomas okay. Morstead, Thomas Morstead today running up and he ran at least 10 gassers today. Like he was putting in a workout for whatever reason. Don't ask me why. But he was putting in a workout today, Thomas Morstead. Okay. Well, this is where I draw the line. We're not talking about punters um, or long snappers. So, um, so you know, fuck off about that. Um, but uh, is there is there anybody on roster just that that I, I didn't cover for you that you know you just really wanted to say something about this guy? Uh, one last guy, Skylar Thompson. Not terrible. Not terrible. No, like you know, that's a camp. That, that you know, it's a camp hand. Mm-hmm. You know, like I could see it. Uh, you know, th- w- will he start an NFL game in his life? Maybe not. Will he be rostered on an NFL team? Yes. You know, will he, will he eventually be a backup somewhere? Probably. So yeah, you know, you know, Chase Daniel made what like sixty million dollars in his career, still making money. <laughs> You know, there are worse up. jobs than backup quarterback in the NFL. You know, and Matt Castle would have had the most brilliant career uh, if if he never got thrust into the starting position because he was he was like the perfect backup that everybody would have. He would have been passed around the NFL for like 12 years, never played it down. Yeah. Uh, after after being a backup at USC. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So Skylar Thompson, can't wait to play see him play next Saturday against the Bucks. Should be fun. Like nice. he, he should be fun to watch, you know, uh, he's better than I thought. Uh, I thought he was like a nothing quarterback, uh, athletic kid, good arm. Mm-hmm. He's going to be, he's a good camp hand. He's a good camp hand as uh, Skylar Thompson. You know, we were quite skeptical about him too. So, um, <laughs> yes. so that's, that's, uh, that's an interesting. Now, will he, will he be able to duplicate the heroics of what the hell was his name last year? I, I was just, I was just going to ask you, I was just going to comment. Obviously, he's no Reed Sinet. No, not Reed. Obviously, Sinet. obviously. Well, he's no Reed, Reed Sinet. What was that? Reed the, Sinet. The guy threw for four hundred yards and had the game-winning drive inside of forty seconds. Reed obviously, Sinet was a beast. 
let's be honest. Let's be realistic. He's not Reed's in it. Man, whoa. Are you ready for this? You ready for this? They do play the Eagles. (laughs) Are you going to see Reed's in it with the the Eagles? Is he even still there? (laughs) I'm pretty sure he's still there. Okay. Reed's in it. And the Eagles will be down here in two weeks for for practices. Okay. Skylar Thompson versus Reed Sinet, 13 versus 13. Can't wait. I'm for it. I'm for it. Can't wait. That's gonna Can't be a wait. lot of fun. All right, Chris. All right. I'll let you, I'll let you out I'll, I'll let you take your roll back. I'm out draw us out. All right, great. That's it. There is no more. The next time we talk to you, we'll have more camp talk and we'll be talking. Bucks, Dolphins. Yes, they play a game next week, and we'll talk about it. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.